Hello, Douglas Skelton. How are you? Yes, that's it. I think we had a wee problem there. I kept on getting a message saying this recording has ended. Oh, I see. That's that's not good. That's an inauspicious way to start spooks. Yes. <laughs> it is, actually. But here, welcome to Spooks, the podcast that has everything you want to know about, not just literature, but television, film, music, radio, streaming, and I know you're a bit older, Douglas, it doesn't mean the kind of streaming you think. Yeah, I don't understand what streaming is. Streaming is like Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah, I've kind of heard of them. Or Hulu. But hello to you too. Um, We've, uh, basically, I think we'll run the gamut, uh, or perhaps not run because I'm getting on a bit. We'll stroll briskly down again. Uh, through the gamut of of culture, essentially, because even though we're, we're crime writers, Denzel, um, as you know, we're both you know highly cultured gentlemen. Am I a crime writer? Well, you know, I, I do dispute it, uh, but you know, you are a cultured gentleman. I'm a cultured gentleman. In fact, I think I've got the cure for somebody growing on me, but that's another matter. Um, I'm, so, I'm most I, certainly. I, sorry, I'm certainly cultured. There's no doubt about that. No. Yes. I'm so basically, the limit for it. That, that's what we're trying to say with the podcast. Yeah, well, I, I think we're. I think, I think we're talk about it. Yeah, we're trying to do do just things that are good, um, things that we enjoy, things we like to talk about, things that we're interested in. Um. So you're into film music. I mean, what film music do you like the best, Douglas? You, you, that's that's an impossible answer because or it's impossible to answer because it's it's such a wide um, uh, scope. Uh, film music it covers so many different styles, so many different genres. It's it's true. I mean, I, I've I've loved film music since I was a wee boy, and the very first album that I bought, I remember. Um, uh, 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 this is quite a few uh, goes back to, and I think it was, it was a compilation album, and I still have it uh, of of some older film themes. So I've collected uh, albums and CDs, uh, and now digital as well uh, since I was a wee boy. So there, there's so much to film music that I like, but I have my favourite composers: John Barry, Jerry Goldsmith, John Williams, obviously. Uh, sure, to name, but sure. So you like all those, all those composers. I, I like all of them and so many more. There's so much. It's, it's, it's like classical music. There is so much to it that it's impossible to really, really pin down. Yeah, one yeah, the, I can understand, understand that. One of the things you've introduced me to, actually, is Scala Radio. Um, well, you, well, you like Scala Radio. You never, you've never done yeah, it. Yeah, and Mark Kermode uh, does a film music programme every Saturday. Uh, at one o'clock, so I've you know I've had a listen to that, and he he generally knows his stuff. I don't always agree with him, but he's he is actually quite good, and uh, you know there's some good stuff getting played there. But the other thing about about the music is that that I've been introduced to by Scala and by Classic FM, who also do a film music program on a Saturday, coincidentally, but at five o'clock, uh, is uh, music to video games. And because I did yeah. video games, I didn't realise there was so much music in them. And some of it's good. A lot of it's good. Well, Paul McCartney did a really good um, uh, film music 
score not so long ago, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was absolutely excellent. It was really kind of out there and orchestral and excellent. Yeah, well, he did a symphony called um, Standing Stones. I don't know if you've heard it. Which, I have. And it's it's superb. Well, um, my, my wife's the classical music expert in this house. I mean, I, I refrain from I'm so more your, I like a bit of classical music. I like quite quite a bit of it. But but she she listens to it exclusively, and, and, and apart from anything else, which is strange. So there you are. There's an example of how free-ranging the conversation will be in talking about culture, but there is one subject uh, that, that we're not going to touch. Is, is that about your boiler? <laughs> My boiler? <laughs> That's no way to talk about that, lady. No. Uh, uh, My boiler, no, I don't, we don't want to talk about it. The boiler is fine. It's the cost of heating oil that, that really gets me. Well, with winter coming on so rapidly... Um, I'm just wondering about this because uh, you have a, you have a theory about how to now you're carrying out an experiment on your oil tank as we speak. Can you explain that to the listeners of Spooks, please? <laughs> I don't know if you call it an experiment, but I'm just trying not to run it for as long as I can during the day. So it does mean that eventually it gets so cold now that I have to say, well, never mind, I need to go and switch on the heating. Uh, so it's just to see how how far I can eke out the oil because the I got a new boiler in and it seemed to be eating up the oil uh, at a, an incredible rate. So what I need to get is those wee gloves with it without the fingers so that I can put them on and, you know, big heavy blanket so I can walk about. Basically, I'm turning into Ebenezer Scrooge. Turning. Um, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Although I don't like humbugs, so there you are. Figure. Some would say you. Some would say you've already turned Douglas. Um, you know, uh, quite a while ago. Yes, but Ebenezer. those people are cruel, Denzel. The, I mean, the cruel people are everywhere, Douglas. I mean, that's that's absolutely fine. I mean, you get cruel people everywhere you go, uh-huh. but don't worry about it. So now we we're also talking about. Um, it's coming up to Christmas and people buy a lot of books at Christmas time. Um, and we were talking about our favourite books. And of course, books, where well, we're, well, we're going to discuss a myriad of different subjects. Books is what it's all predicated upon in a way. Um, so I'm going to cover the non-fiction titles and you're going to cover the fiction title. Well, I mean, I've got one fiction title, but it's not crime fiction. So you're going to do crime fiction in, in essence. Yeah, because I, I, that, that is what I read, either for for pleasure or because I'm doing an event and, you know, and I, I read the books. And it was right. a tough choice. When you hit me with this, it really was a tough choice because, you know, as, as you know, we, we, we both have um, friends who, who, who write uh, crime fiction. And the tendency is always to sort of go and support them uh, in any way that you can. And they've all written some great books, but I've, I've selected three um, here. And one one is, uh, well, a couple of them are, are, are by friends, but the, these are genuine choices. I do genuinely uh, love these books. You, you, you have friends. I, I, I have acquaintances, Douglas. I think that's yes, quite that's fair. True. To say. That true. Yeah. So you, one of your... You give me um, one of your favorite fa- favorite books, and then I'll go to one of mine. So, proceed. Well, let's let's, let's go. I, I I it's well known that I love American crime fiction. That's that's where my influences are. And that's what I've read. 
again since I was a teenager like, while listening yes. to the music. Um, I had uh, the, the one I've selected, I, I'm not sure it came out this year, but it's when I read it. Um, and it's Robert Crace's Wanted. And I think it was the second to last entry in his uh, Elvis Cole and Joe Pike series. Now, I've got to say, it's not one of the best in that series because it's a series that I love. And if I have to say that it, it's the weakest that I've read, um, then I have to say that it's the weakest that I read. But having said that, it's the weakest in a very, very strong bunch. So that's not really a criticism compared to, to a lot of other uh, books. So, so hang on, your favourite book, one of your favourite books of the year, is probably one of the weakest he's ever done. Yes, but you see, the rest of them are so good that it shows you uh, just how good he is, for me, how good he is. Um, that this, I'm still choosing this, and it's not one of the best for my money in the series. And if he ever right. hears this, I'm sure he'll never speak to me. But it's not meant as a criticism; it's actually meant as praise because I think this is is, is not his best, but it's still head and shoulders above a lot. And can I say that that's probably the most weird kind of praise situation I think I've ever heard? Yes, it's it true. is. But you You've know that's what we want to do here. You've chosen his books, one of your favourite books of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's their least favourite of all the ones he's done, and he's never yeah. going to speak to you again. And well, he's, he's never spoken to me up till now, so <laughs> you probably will now. Really put the tiddle in. No, I mean it's it's what I'm saying is that I liked this book, and right. it's, you know it, it is one of my. I have I have more than three that I think are books of the year, but you only wanted three. Well, um, I just want three for reasons of of brevity yeah. and. And everything else. Neil, Neil Broadfoot's latest book is is very good. Michael's uh, Jay Malone's latest book is very good. Teresa Talbot's very good. But they're they're all friends, as I say. The, the next two are are friends, but th th their books are so good that, that I I do feel I need to mention them. Uh, so so you basically, basically mentioned all your friends now, apart yeah, from me. I need to do that. Um, but sorry, who are you? Who uh, are you? Denzel Myrick. Yeah. Um, your yeah. book. Uh, Good. Um, yeah. Some Your books are good too. That. Yes, the Robert Grace book, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but um, having said that, it's not one of the best in the in the uh, Colin Pike series, which is a superb series. If, if you like crime fiction and if you've never read them, then I, I do commend them to the house. Right. So that's Robert Grace, and your next choice is a friend of yours, isn't it? Yes. Apart, apart um, from all the friends you've mentioned already. Apart from all the friends I've mentioned um, that, that, that not, and um, they, they didn't give me a tenor. No, I'm all the kidding. Um, the, the next one has to be Craig Russell's uh, The Devil Aspect. Um, give us a bit, what's, what's this, what, give us a kind of brief, well, without spoilers, it, brief it's, it's, a very, it's a very atmospheric, gothic piece um, set uh, in, in Germany. Uh, there's a serial killer on the loose, and uh, it's it's a period piece. Um, so I, 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 this is sort of the early days of psychiatry, really. And a young uh, psychiatrist is going to essentially this castle, which houses the, 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 the devil's six, which are the six you know most notorious serial killers, in order to try to study them and understand them. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's brilliantly atmospheric. You know, Craig is, is a superb writer. 
Um, and he, he puts you, I mean, if anybody that's read his, his books that are set in Hamburg, I think, um, the last one that I read was The Ghosts of Altona, we'll know just how good a writer he is and how, how great he is at, at, at conjuring up atmosphere and, and a fine sense of place. And he does it here again with a double aspect. The, the story twists and turns, it's, it's, it's disturbing, um, it's unusual, and you know, big things. Uh, this deserves to have big things uh, going for it, um, and it's certainly one that I would recommend to anyone who who likes that kind of really dark uh, crime fiction with with more than a hint of the gothic and perhaps even just just a wee breath of the supernatural here and there. Good grief, good grief, Douglas. And that well, that sounds an interesting book. And finally, for your third recommendation uh, for a Christmas mm-hmm. book, book of the year. I- Another f- friend of mine, um, Carol Ramsey, uh, and her book Mosaic, which is an absolutely incredible read. Um, I've told her this so often, I think she's fed up hearing it from me. Uh, this, this, sure. it's a standalone, um, and she, she's well known for her uh, Anderson and Costello series uh, of, of police thrillers. Uh, but Mosaic is a standalone. Uh, to tell you anything about it, you, you sort of, just like with with Craig's book, you you kind of verge on spoiler territory. But um, it, it's one that has to be read uh, and just enjoyed. Uh, right. And the, the the mastery that that she has shown for her craft uh, with Mosaic is just breathtaking. And I hate her for it. I wish I could write something as good as that. The same goes for Craig's book. Right. So. To pre-say or to summarise, your first choice was Robert Craze, and the name is... is Wanted. Uh, the second one was by... Craig Russell, The Devil Aspect. And the third by Carol Ramsey, which is... Mosaic. Mosaic. Well, now I'm going to go for mine. <clears throat> now, I'm being a fair-minded person, and uh, none of these people are friends of mine, though I do, do know the son of one of the authors. Uh, the first one I'm going to go for is Erebus by Michael Palin. Now, interestingly, two of the choices I've made this this occasion are of I've consumed via audiobooks, which is something we're going to discuss in the very near future, I'm quite sure, because audiobooks are coming becoming rather um, a phenomena or phenomenon, depending how you look at it. Uh, Erebus is the story of Franklin's... Um, absolutely predestined, disastrous um, search for the Northwest Passage. But um, it's really the story of a ship, the ship called Erebus. Uh, and it follows the, the, the expeditions in the Antarctic that um, Erebus was on prior to Franklin taking over and taking it into the, to, in the search for the Northwest Passage. Uh, it's narrated by the, by the author, by Michael Palin himself, who is one of these guys who has a very compelling voice. I don't know if you agree with that. Douglas, have you followed any of his, his journeys on television, etc.? Yeah, I watched the, the very first one that he did. Was it Around the World in 80 Days? Was that was that the first thing that he did? And of course, you yeah. know, from, from Monty Python and from films as well. So yes, he, he's, he's, he's excellent. And this is a non-fiction book, did you say? This is a non-fiction book. It's absolutely factual. He's gone into great... I think he travelled to most of the places um, where the, you know, in the Antarctic and in, in Canada and around the, around the Northwest Passage, a, a lot of which has changed 
in the time that that, that it's been. Oh, hey, is that your is yeah, that your dog? We, we have we have a guest. Hang on. <laughs> Good grief. There's a dog barking halfway through our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Spooks, that's our first big fan, <laughs> Douglas's dog, Mickey. Now, Mickey you're going to hear... regular guest appearances, I think. Yeah, oh, I think it will. I mean, we, we just to put you in the, in the picture of where, what we're doing here is, I am on a village on the Loman side, and Douglas is ensconced somewhere in deepest, darkest Ayrshire, miles away from just about anywhere. Uh, and so you might get my cats and you might get Douglas's dog. That's how professional we are in spooks. You never know. Um, you've got a cat as well, of course, haven't you? Yes, but he, he won't interrupt us. The cat won't interrupt. Well, that's a good thing. So is, is, is Mickey calm now? He seems to be. He seems to be. He's, he's calm. calm be back. Fear not, dear listener, he will return. I have no doubt of this because every time I phone you in a normal fashion, your dog, your dog will bark at, at just about everyone, just for every occasion. Anyhow, I was going back to that. So that was that was um, we talked about Erebus there from Michael Palin, which I highly recommend and think. In fact, it's fine. I think it's probably my favourite of the the three. It's a Penguin audiobook production, and they've done it so well because they've they've um, added some. Very little sound effects, but usually at the start of chapters on the audiobook. But it's very effective what they've done, and you really get the feeling of the places that you're in. You go from um, Tasmania, which was then called Van Diemen's Land, um, down to the Arctic and up to the Antarctic, and then and then London as well, and various places around the UK. Uh, and so these wee tiny, tiny, tiny. You'll know all about this being a film music buff, Douglas. These wee tiny bits of of soundscape just had that certain something to it, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was it was wonderful. Um, so that's Michael Palin's Erebus Penguin publication. The second one um, is also a Penguin book, and it's um, the wonderful Ro- um, Roberts, uh, no, no, Andrew Roberts, wonderful biography of Churchill. Have you heard of this one, Doug? I have not, no. Well, it's a very, very, it's probably, um, there's been a few people who have done done great studies in Churchill, including Roy Jenkins, uh, who did a really um, uh, long study into, into Churchill, which was, which was praised, and, and a guy called Gilbert, who did another one. But this, I think, brings the Churchill story right up to date and, and, and puts, places it within context of the, our current, you know, the way, you know, our current um, epoch. Uh, it discusses controversial things like his attitude to the Bengali um, famine during the Second World War, which he was heavily criticised for at the time and since, but Roberts has found a new angle on that. Uh, and it covers him from basically cradle to, to grave. And again, I consumed this via audiobook. And, and it is a fantastic, something like 50 hours long, I think. It's, it's, a, huge, it's a huge long, long listen. But it's a it's a fascinating story about a fascinating man, uh, and I commend it to you highly. So that's one complex man, Churchill. Of course, I mean it's easy, you know, from us for us now to look back from the the vantage point of the twenty first century and condemn hmm. a lot of things that he did. Um, but he he was a very very complex man, of course. Well, he was it was a complex man. He had a very complex life, and of course, 
you know, one of the one of the main things that that led to the to defeating the Nazis in the Second World War was the entry of the Americans. Though there are many would argue that that um, the Russian the Russians were even more pivotal in, in defeating Hitler. Yeah. However, uh, Churchill was of course half American. His mother was was an American, yeah. um, and you know I think that did help him with understanding the American people and how to try and persuade um, uh, Roosevelt and various others uh, to to. Um, become involved in the war and take take major roles in the, in in the governance of the war from the the American uh, side and and I think that that it's it's you he has an understanding his he has an intrinsic understanding of of America which is which no other British politician I think did at the time uh, and it, it made me, he spoke to Congress he was over he went to went to America on many occasions during the war many of them very hazardous. Um, has his journeys in some of them. You know, he, you know, he was a famous. You know, he, he nearly lost his life on umpteen occasions pr- prior to the Second World War, and again, nearly lost his life through the war by doing things that perhaps um, somebody who's directing the war effort at that time should would possibly not do now. Uh, but I, I recommend it highly to anybody who is interested in history and certainly interested in Churchill. Um, it's a really good book. And finally, and you may not have heard of this guy, Joe Abercrombie. I have heard of Joe Abercrombie, and I'll tell you how I've heard of Joe Abercrombie because you've mentioned him to me. And I also think James Oswald um, has has mentioned him on uh, Twitter and Facebook, etc. And I think yeah. he interviewed him uh, in Glasgow uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, did he? I didn't. I would have gone to that if I'd known about it. Um, I must see. I'm, I must check my Twitter feed more thoroughly. Uh, I think I know. I know that James is a fan. James and I share a quite quite an interesting, um, a comparable interest in, in science fiction and and uh, fantasy novels. And indeed, James wrote some very good fantasy novels as well with his crime fiction books, the Sir Benfro books, which I, I also recommend to everybody. James Oswald. Uh, but um, as far as writing fantasy is concerned, a lot of people think of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, when we're speaking about fantasy and princesses and and kind of Tolkienish kind of stuff, I think Joe Abercrombie takes it to a different level. There's humour, there's social comment, uh, and in this is new series. The new book's called A Little Hatred. It's part of a new trilogy. And I believe the first book book in it, uh, and in it, it's sort of the a crossover world between a medieval society. And, um, and a, 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 the putative industrial society, and he has like 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 a letter own, yes. So yeah. Only we're going the other way. No, we're not doing politics, Douglas. You said that. No, 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 it's a bit like where I live. Oh, a bit like where you live. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I suppose you're out there with your dipstick in the in the oil tank. That could be <laughs> Joe Abercrombie territory, definitely. Yes. But but uh, it's it's a fan, it uses characters that he's, that's come from from his previous books. Um, his last book, his last adults book, because he's done a children's series as well, was called Red Country, which I thought was wasn't one of his best. Um, but this is right back in form. Um, we've got we've got the old tropes, we've got the the humour, we've got some of the violence and the social comment and all the stuff that makes Joe Abercrombie such an interesting writer. Um, and I think I would definitely commend that to anybody to read as well. It's one of my favourite books of this year, with, without a doubt. And unlike the previous two, I didn't listen to that in Audible. 
Um, but I'm a huge Audible fan. And I got into that when I was in hospital. I think I told you that, didn't I? Yes, yes. And um, because if, and if anybody who's been in hospital for a prolonged period of time will know that trying to get to sleep in the hospital ward is a really difficult thing because you're sharing it with you know, eight or nine or ten other people sometimes or maybe more. You've got nurses toing and froing. You've got some type of disasters that, that happen during the course. I mean, one one old gentleman when I was in hospital didn't know where he was and he used to think he was in... in um, it was perfectly normal during the day and he just seemed to be at nights. He used to get confused. Yeah. And he thought, he kept thinking he was in the Caribbean and shouting out, oh, I'm in, I'm in Jamaica or something like that. Mm. Uh, so what I used to do was I plugged in my earphones and I listened to audiobooks, and it was the only way I could get to sleep. And now it, <laughs> I've carried on the habit. So um, that's the only thing about audiobooks. You've got to go back the way because you inevitably fall asleep at one point. And then you got to work out in the morning where you got to the previous night before you fell asleep. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Which is a very interesting thing to do too. Well, last, last time I was in the hospital, um, when they moved me out of the, the ward, I think there was a cheer from the, the, the people around me because uh, I snore on the Richter scale. Um, so I think they were glad to see the back of me. I thought you were going to, you were going to speak about your flatulence there. But I'm glad you didn't. I'm not, I'm not, I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, I, having never heard you snore, Douglas, and we were friend, friends and everything, but I'm I'm happy to say I'm not in the position that I've ever slept with you, no. which is good. No. Um, well, I think I, I have noted off a couple of times when I've been interviewing you, but you, you didn't notice because you were telling your stories. Well, of course. I mean, there's a favorite famous picture that if you look at my Twitter page, you'll find, in fact, I, I shall tweet it along with a link for this book when my own publisher fell asleep during an interview with me. And I can understand. Um, I can understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, when I'm when I'm when I'm treating about this podcast, I shall include that picture, <laughs> and then and there he is, fast asleep in midst interview. He denies it, <laughs> but no, I'm not so sure. He looked very. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he was just looking down at his notes, waiting <laughs> <Yes. laughs> for you to stop talking and just look at him, and, as if to say, "Right, I'm ready for the next question now." Well, well uh, it took his time to answer the next question, but that's not our story. <laughs> um, anyway, so so that's our, our book recommendations for Christmas. Now, just to put you in the picture um, for future podcasts of Spooks, at Spooks with a B, we are going to attend to various subjects, as Douglas explained earlier. And we're also going to have guests. Douglas, tell us about the guests. Yes, well, we, we hope to have a, you know, a, a, a variety of guests, not just authors, but people from the industry and bloggers and actors and um, agents, you know, anything at all um, that, that's connected, not just to books, as I've said before, but, you know, obviously books is the main theme that, that will run throughout the entire uh, podcasts. Uh, mm -hmm. So anybody, anybody really that we can cajole, con, uh, or just you know drag unwillingly in front of a microphone uh, and get them talking, we, we will be doing that. Well, I've got an actor lined up <clears throat> as we speak, probably for the first, promise first or second week in December. He's actually away filming for Sky Atlantic at the moment, but he will be coming to see me on. One of the two, early, early December. I'll not give you his name yet because it'll give it all away. But it's something. He's not. He's a major 
figure in acting. So you'll we can look forward to that. Okay. Um, and we have, of course, our fellow authors. Um, most of them are your friends, because okay? <laughs> I only have acquaintances. Um, but we'll have be having those, and we'll have maybe the odd musician. I know some musicians, yeah, very famous. Well, you know, some 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 very good traditional musicians, including a world champion piper and fiddler. Yeah. There yeah, we could have them. In fact, one of them, Archie McAllister, who was kind enough to do the background music for one of my little trailers <clears throat> from my previous book, The Relentless Tide, he did a wonderful, composed a wonderful piece called Celtic Sea. Uh um, and we used it in the back of that trailer. Easily found on YouTube. We've just YouTube Relentless Tide by Denzel Marrick. You'll hear the, the wonderful tune that he composed for that. Um, and what else are we going to do? Oh, all sorts of things. All sorts all, of things. All sorts of things. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think we've covered that pretty well today, Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I commend you to this. But if you've listened to this podcast anywhere and on the many platforms in which it is, and I think it's across platforms at the moment, uh, please subscribe not to miss an episode. And Douglas and I and our special guest will be with you in next week. So from here on the home side, it's uh, Cheerio. And from you, Douglas and Ayrshire, it's... It's Cheerio as well. Thank and you Mickey. Listening. And Mickey. Don't forget Mickey. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.